Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford, your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely, lock or unlock it from your smartphone, receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health, and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! The Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast with Steve Warren and the coach, Greg Kennedy. Ladies and gentlemen, there we go. It is the Jim K. Ford Sends Nation podcast. And we're in, I'd say, a mixed state of mind. Part of me was thinking, okay, on Saturday night, if they lost to Seattle, we could really kind of talk about how upset we are with the state of things. But right now, they come off a victory over the Kraken 2-0, their first shutout of the season, so that kind of tempers it a little. But I don't think it'll temper it completely. I'm I'm disgruntled with this team right now. Uh, again, it's Steve Warren along with the coach, Greg Kennedy. Uh, lots to get to today. Greg, how are you today? <laughs> I, I'm feeling exactly the way you just described, Steve, except except I have no problem. If you want to go off on them right now, I'm right there with you. I, I'm just sick and tired of this. Like, come on, man. Get your act together. Figure it out and perform consistently, please, just, just for a little while. Well, I mean, after that Columbus game, that felt like rock bottom to me because there's the one team in the Eastern Conference that's supposedly worse than you are mm. by wins percentage. I mean, points-wise, they're behind the eight ball, so we'll measure it by wins percentage. And Columbus is that the only team that is worse in the East, and you lost to them. And you collapsed. You had a 2 nothing lead on the road. Lock it down. No, no. They gave up four unanswered goals. And I don't know. It just uh, That was a really frustrating one. And uh, in, in many ways, I was kind of... How many more opportunities are you going to give DJ Smith? Uh, great, you beat Seattle eight and ten on the year, uh, but this just in. Let's see how the next seven games go because each and every one of these seven games that are coming down the pike, every single one of those teams are in a playoff position right now. So I feel like it's put up or shut up time officially now for this head coach. You are exactly correct, Stephen. It's it's now or never. Like I I. I can sort of, okay, kind of understand this whole, we're going to be patient, uh, we want to stabilize things, we want some consistency here, uh, messaging that we're getting from the new ownership group and from Steve Steos. But eventually, please, enough has to be enough for them as well. Uh, I, for the last two days here, all we've heard is the Senators talking about how great it's going to be to have all these games so close together over the course of the next two weeks. Like basically they play every other day for the whole month of December, except for their Christmas break. And they're, they seem to be excited about this because they think, you know, it doesn't give us any time to sit around and lament a loss or get too high over a win. We just got to get right back at it again. So I'm like, okay, fine. But your next seven games are against really, really good teams. And in total, it's about 15 games in the month of December it, on a best case scenario based on history you're going to go 7-7 seven, seven, and 1 and that cannot possibly satisfy Steve Steos or Michael Andlauer. Yeah. All right, we should spend a little time on the victory that was cuz it was to their credit a W, a much needed W to break a three-game skid and it is their first shutout of the season. Anton Forsberg thankfully kind of getting back on the horse. He had I think among goalies with five or more starts he had the worst save percentage in the NHL at 850. 
I think he jumped it up to about 880 in one single game with 39 saves against Seattle. But uh, here's what DJ Smith had to say about the performance on Saturday night, a 2-0 victory over the Kraken. I thought it was a real good game. Um, you know, they're a fast team. They put a lot of pressure on you. Um, they're real good in the ozone. I just thought, you know, we stuck with it, blocked a lot of shots. Obviously, goaltending was was a big difference here tonight for us. Um you know, penalty kill got a couple good kills. I just thought we were responsible in a lot of ways. Uh, showed a lot of um, growing up in the third period. You know, we were sharing pucks rather than maybe just giving them away. Um, you know, we laid down in front of some things when we had to, um, and then made the plays when we had to as well. So, um, you know, that's a really good team for me. That's a, that's as fast a team as we've played, um, and it was good just to get one at home. Laid down and we had to in front of some things. Reminds oh. me of college back in the pub days. Anyway, um, <laughs> DJ Smith uh, from uh, courtesy of the Senators. And uh, one game does not uh, does not a turnaround make, in my opinion. And what what's their record? Eight and ten? That's a really good team, he said. What are you going to say about the next seven games here, DJ? Yeah. Like what's what's the message then? Like basically they 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 still gave up far too many shots. They gave up far too many slot shots. They still probably took at least one if not two penalties that were unnecessary. The only thing that saved them in this game was saves from the goaltender. For once they got through a game without one bad goal, which usually happens almost every night, and they got through a game with some tire fire D zone coverage that didn't result with a puck in their own net. Other than that, there wasn't that much difference, Steve. I, I didn't see anything. To, oh, and they didn't give up goals in bunches. But other than right. those three things, uh, there wasn't much different for most nights. I thought they shot blocked a little better in the game. I think there were some moments where they are scrambling out of control, but defensemen in particular, like Chikrin, when it was 2 nothing. And man, Ottawa was running around and didn't have any idea it was going. Seattle's getting some opportunities, and it looked like they were going to bury one. And Chikrin stepped in front of one. You had uh, one with Brandstrom at the end stepping in front of one. But, you know, so that would be one thing I might add to the a very short yeah. list. But, uh, you know, some nights you're going to get that. You know, even the worst team in the NHL is, uh, I'm not saying Ottawa is that, but every year the worst team in the NHL, you know, bounces go their way a few nights and they, and they win some games. So um, you're probably, ladies and gentlemen, uh, going to notice that there's um, yeah there's a bit of jadedness happening right now. I, I feel it in both of the hosts right now, and uh, and so if you're rose-colored glasses person, we apologize in advance, but the show is going to be what it is. Um, and we, we, again, let me just carry on with uh, and, and and check on that Saturday night game. This is DJ Smith talking about Anton Forsberg's performance. For sure, when he's on, he's on, and you know the, the guys love playing for him. They, no one works as hard as he does. He's as good a guy as we have in that room, and you know right from the get go when Forsy's going, he was seeing pucks. And I'll give our D credit. Um, we did a nice job of boxing out and letting him see it a little more tonight. Um, you know than maybe last night with uh, not picking up sticks and what have you for Corpy. So, um, you know, uh, you need that in this league for sure. That is DJ Smith on Anton Forsberg's performance. And and I don't have the faith right now. It's one of those fool me 18 times, shame on me. Um, because right now they came off a three-game win streak. Then they lost three in a row. And now they've won one. This is the nature of things. Two steps forward, one step back team, or a one step forward, two steps forward. They just 
I mean, I, I mean, there's, there was so much optimism in that dressing room, and I'm glad, you know, a win is you celebrate. You can't win the Stanley Cup in, in early December. I get that, or make a playoff. I can't join them in the fun of it all, um, but it is uh, it is what it is. Well, I thought another, another telling quote from DJ uh, uh, sometime on Friday or Saturday, he said, uh, he made the comment about, you know, seven days ago, we'd, we'd come off three wins and, and we were the best team in the world. And now it's seven days later and we suck. And where are we going to be seven days from now is what he said, right? Basically, he was trying to say, you know, that things change and you got to be patient with it. Well, no, no, we don't. We don't have to be patient with it. We, we've been patient long enough. And the whole point, everything you just said, seven days ago and now and seven days from now, that's the problem. That is the problem with this team, DJ. We needed you to address that and say, yeah, here it is in a nutshell. This is the story of our season. This is the story of me as coach of this team for the last four years. Seven days ago, I'm a god. Now I'm a bum. Who knows what's going to happen seven days from now? I'll tell you what's going to happen seven days from now. You'll probably be a bum again until the next seven days go by. That's the way it's been for far too long. Yeah. This organization should know. I know they're new to town and everything. I get that. Steve Steos, Michael Andlauer. But you got to know that this has been carrying on for a very long time. DJ Smith has had more than a fair chance here. Like, it's his fifth season, and the Senators are on pace right now to miss the playoffs for a fifth season. We're now in December, and they're below 500. Like, nobody else in the NHL would survive that. At least they shouldn't. And I just don't understand how Steve Steos and Michael Landlauer, in the name of stability, I guess, uh, would, would allow this to just continue. Because, okay, leave aside Seattle. The two games prior, the Florida game and the Columbus game, if you observed what was happening in the third period, the guys are running around and they seem more interested in, in scrumming it up and getting their pound of flesh that way. Than, than trying to get back in the hockey game. And even DJ Smith in the Florida game, you know, you saw that. It was just, it was a gong show at the end after Kachuk kind of bumped into Bobrovsky. Um, he said, you know, it was kind of a, asked about a maturity thing. And, and he admitted, yeah, it was probably um, maybe a sign of immaturity at that stage of the game. But it just tells me that maybe we're starting to see a, you know, kind of a losing culture setting in right now. That, you know, just where players just, are just more focused on, they're, they're just f- so frustrated and expecting to lose that this is the only thing emotionally that they can kind of do at the end of games. Yeah, and it doesn't exactly reek of stability either when they're running around like that in the third period, right? Yeah. Um, I think that the, we just sort of, uh, we've given one excuse. One excuse for not firing him has been this whole idea of we need stability, so we want right. to keep him for that, okay? The other excuse is or reason, depending on what side of the fence you're on. The other idea is, well, you don't really want to hire a coach if you don't have a general manager, because then you hire a coach, and then we'll hire a GM later, and the GM may not like the coach, and yada yada. How, how do you how do you personally feel about that one? I know I'm catching you off. I've never even discussed this with you, but that seems to be part of the story here too. Is that they don't want to hire a coach without hiring a GM first? How do you feel about that? I don't think that's in play at all. There's no reason why Steos can't bring in a coach even on an interim basis just to get a fresh voice in there. Like uh, To me, that's not even remotely an excuse for not doing this. Just bring in a Claude Julien. Tell him, yeah, just for the uh, the rest of the season, and we'll see how it goes. Bring in a Jacques Martin. I know he's older. I get that. But to me, defensive X's and O's never go out of style. 
And and that to me is really a big need for this club. No, that's to me that's that's not uh, a reasonable excuse as to why you don't want to make a change. What about you? Agree totally. The interim's the key word there, right? Make the coach yeah. an interim coach. Say, listen, you you know what? Bring in both of them, Steve. Hire Claude Julien as the head coach and put Jacques Martin in charge of the D. And there's some stability. You don't think those two guys would bring in some stability right off the bat? They, things would stabilize in a hurry with those two guys behind the bench. And you yeah. just say, look, you guys are interim. When we hire a GM, it's going to be up to him. So basically, you're, you're, you're coaching for your job. If you want to continue in the position, then then show some uh, show some good results here and and the, let, make the new GM force me to keep you. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, we're both speaking uh, like a lot of Sens fans are. I think because we've all been here this whole time and we've seen the movie before. We know what's going to happen if you try and stick it out with DJ Smith and his staff. We know exactly what will happen because we've seen the movie again and again. They'll run themselves out of playoff racetrack, and once they're basically, not totally, basically mathematically eliminated, then they'll start playing great once all their hope has been extinguished. That's what's going to happen here. And so, to me, there's still time to save the season. There's well over 60 games to go. And uh, don't get fooled by the victories over 8-10 and Seattle at this stage of the game. You've got the very best team in the New York Rangers coming up on Tuesday night that will show you exactly where you stand in the big picture. Um, and don't put too much stock in the scoreboard because, again, anything can happen on any, any given night based on on balances and stuff. Watch the battles. Watch the difference in the way the two teams operate out there. Um, these next seven games, again, like I said earlier, are going to tell a lot because every one of these seven teams is in a playoff spot right now. Um, but the other reason that, uh, you know, that the coaching thing, the change hasn't happened right now, I think, is that, Steos and Andlauer roll in and they have these interviews with the players and the players. We've also heard that, you know, they love this guy, you know, Brady Kachuk is basically, you know, calling the fans out for saying fire DJ, you know, calling it bullshit. What? Let's not put too much stock in what the players are saying for their current coach. Like any coach, that is still in in position to hold a player's ice time, and that's a guy that is not going to have bad things said about him by his current players. Once the firing happens, then you'll probably get some different spins on things. So, like, I hope that I hope that Steos and Andlauer right now are not putting too much stock in the fact that the players are speaking out in favor of DJ Smith right now. Well, there's a difference here, right? There's the players can say, I love DJ. I like coming to work for DJ. I like playing for DJ. That's one thing. Ask a player. If some players said that to me, by the time I got to the third or fourth one doing in my little interview process, I'd say, okay, then how come you can't perform for the guy? How come there's no consistency in your effort and your performance and your work mm-hmm. ethic night after night after night? Why isn't that there? You need to dig deeper into this. It's okay to like the guy. But I think if you asked some of these players, okay, uh, what about defense's own structure? What about uh, you know penalties at bad times? What about guys who seem to take nights off here and there and there's no repercussions for these things? Maybe you get more out of the players in that sense. I think when the players are voluntarily speaking about the coach, they all make all give good comments about how much they like the man and respect the man and want to play for him. But I don't know that anybody digs deep enough and says, okay, but what do you think of him as a coach, though? Right? And I think that the goal here and what we don't see enough of, you're talking about Thursday night's game, and or sorry, 
Tuesday night? One of the Rangers here. I can't even remember now. The Tuesday. Tuesday night. When the Rangers are here, the scoreboard's not what we should be looking at. The thing is that we, we don't want to be looking for perfection. We want to be looking for progression. We need to see something happening where they're getting better. And that's been the biggest thing that's been missing for all these years. No matter what players are in the lineup, no matter how good or bad the lineup's been, or young or old or healthy or unhealthy or whatever, we've yet to see any sort of progression in this team on the ice that's that's significant enough to say, yeah, the guy deserves to keep his job. Yeah. Michael Landlauer came in and talked about wanting to be first class, to do things at a standard that the best teams in the NHL do. Well, let's look at the coaching standard around the league. Since Smith was hired in Ottawa in 2019, some teams have fired multiple coaches in that time. Heading into this year, Smith had 291 games coached. That's the sixth most in the NHL that trails only John Cooper, Mike Sullivan, Jared Bednar, Craig Berube. They all have cup rings. The other guy's Rod Brindamore, who has Carolina in great shape every year. He has a winning percentage that's better than any of the cup champions I just mentioned at 661. And then there's DJ Smith. He's in his fifth year, and he hasn't coached a single NHL playoff game yet. His winning percentage is in the four, I don't know, 400 range somewhere. This really, really is not working. There were some nice things about the game. Yeah. <laughs> the Seattle win. I, th- I thought the Joseph goal was lovely. Mm-hmm. I thought the uh, the Batherson goal was a beauty on a on a great play, great forecheck by Tarasenko, and a nice feed from from Timmy Stew. Uh, you got a shutout. The crowd was happy. You know, if you, you win a game at home, on, you know, the record at home has not been good. So there were some positives that we could take out of that game. It's just now let's let's see it carry over. That's what I'm looking forward to now. Had we done a show between the last episode and this one, we would have vented there and in this one been celebrating the Seattle game. So it, you're getting basically uh, seven days of emotion here. Um, <laughs> again, uh, this you're right. They're absolutely right. There were some good things in that game, but I will argue that uh, you know there were also some moments where like, Derek shot like 15 to three in the second period, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean the goals they got, they were you mentioned they're nice, but heinous giveaways by Seattle. <laughs> like you had Beneers just blow a tire and gave it away to Matthew Joseph in front of the net, and he buried it. And then you had uh, Joey Decord behind his own net, one of the better puck handlers in the NHL, and he just left the puck there. Tarasenko says, thank you very much. Gave it to Stutzlu, gave it to Batherson. So there was some level of reliance on horrific giveaways that uh, that led to that W, and so it was, it was their night. Yeah, it was their night, and, and they, they, they were due one of those. But, um, yeah, in terms of big-picture solutions, D.J. Smith, if he had any, he would have tried them by now. And I don't take any pleasure in speaking this way about wanting a guy to be fired. It's just, come on. At some stage, you say, it's pro sports, and any other market would be like burning the city down right now. Like, think about, I don't know, you name any of these American NFL franchises that have what's going on here in Ottawa in their sport, in their town, it really would be just anarchy going on right now. And meanwhile, it just <laughs> Seattle, they beat Seattle 2 nothing, And it's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe they're going to turn it around this time. Maybe, they, maybe now, maybe now they're going to get it done. So anyway, enough ranting. Well, we've already had, what, two coaches fired this season? Or is it three now already? It's uh, What do we got? Everson, uh, Woodcroft, who else? Anybody else? Okay, two anyway. Yeah, there, well, there might be more. I just can't think of any uh, yeah. off the top of my head. And, and and of course, there's a connection between Steos and Woodcroft. He really liked the guy. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's as well as, yeah, that can't be a reason why they're not doing it. Oh, we can't find another coach out there. No, there's lots of guys out there that want this job. <laughs> uh, we'll take a time out on the program. I'm going to breathe a little bit during this commercial break. And then when we come back, there is good news as well. And it looks like uh, the Sens are almost fully healthy again. We'll get into that coming up after these words. Are you ready to take your Ford ownership to the next level? Introducing Ford Pass at Jim K. Ford, your passport to a world of convenience and control. Start your vehicle remotely, lock or unlock it from your smartphone, receive instant alerts about your vehicle's health, and schedule service appointments. Don't miss out on the Ford Pass revolution at Jim K. Ford, 1438 Uville Drive in Orleans, or online at jimkford.com. At Jim K. Ford Lincoln, we say yes! Well, you know what? I'm looking forward to the holidays and a few drinks with family and friends, and I would like to recommend to you a nice bottle of Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey for gift-giving or just enjoying by the fireplace during the holidays. Imagine a nice whiskey with less bite and more flavor, that's soft and warm with subtle flavors of orange and dark chocolate and a hint of sherry. Pick up a bottle of Seven Seals Beaver's Dram Premium Canadian Whiskey today at the LCBO or order online at DunrobinDistilleries.com. Oh, my. Get me some of that Beaver's Dram. Uh, back on board for another season. How about that? Huh? Mm, huh? Very nice. I got to get me some of that Beaver's Dram. The way you described it there is like, holy smokes. Take that sucker out for a date, man. Buy it a drink. <laughs> Buy it a drink and give me a dance and let's see where it leads. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of dancing, uh, always sad to hear the lead singer of April Wine passed away today. Miles Goodwin passing away. Uh, I think anybody who's of our vintage will have grown up with the uh, with a slow dance or two from the old April Wine, and so a blast from the past. There, I was feeling a little nostalgic this afternoon, thinking about some of the old April Wine songs of the past. Just between you and me. Huh? Yeah, mm. yeah, and there's one so, about uh, there's 1964 or 1963 or something. Who uh, would a night? I think who would a night? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Late December back in '63. Late? December. No, that's the Frankie Valley. Oh, what a night! Oh, oh, this one's oh, what a night! Everything will be all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Not well, really I, a slow it, song. Yeah, well, they had okay. I, I I stand corrected. You can cut that out, Steve. Just get, get, snip that in the editing post post show editing. No, can't do it. No, okay. <laughs> Did you hear? Um, <laughs> two or three of our type of bands got onto the what's that uh, Walk of Fame thing there in Toronto last Saturday night too, huh? Like no, Chilliwack and uh, uh, Triumph and, and somebody else. They all went in with with Connor McDavid into the Canadian Walk of Fame. With Connor McDavid, he's probably going, who are those guys? Exactly. Those old, what, those old geezers. <laughs> yeah. uh, Magic Power by Triumph, one of my all-time classic favorites. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, let's get back to it. Ridley Gregg in the news. Looks like he might be back in the lineup on Tuesday night against the New York Rangers. There's a little bit of uh, filling in the gaps there because the Sens didn't announce any corresponding moves to the Matthew Highmore demotion this morning. Uh, he's either uh, going down because of a paper shuffle, save a couple of bucks, or Ridley Gregg is ready to rumble. And if he is, that would certainly qualify, I think, as a fast recovery. When we think of our third man in here on the program, Drake Brat Batherson, and how long it took him to recover from a high ankle sprain, he was like well over two months. And they, I, I went on uh, Dr. Google search, looking at the various medical websites, and they all say the same thing about high ankle sprains, usually between six and eight weeks recovery. 
Batherson fits in there. Uh, Ridley Gregg does not because he's just over a month. It happened on November the 2nd. Today's December 3rd as we record this, and it looks like he's ready to return. Everybody's different, obviously. It depends on the severity of the injury. Uh, so it is possible to get back in that length of time, but we would have to classify it as an absolutely speedy recovery, and that would be a nice pickup for the club to get Ridley Gregg back in the lineup because this just in, when he left on November 2nd, he was better than even Connor Bedard uh, as far as rookie scorers go around the league. He was number one. It's obviously been blown past by <laughs> Connor Bedard at this stage of the mm-hmm. game, but uh, nice to get a you know that depth at center ice that, uh, that they had going early in the season. They're going to have that back probably on Tuesday. Anybody coming into the lineup of NHL caliber will help this team. I guess next is is Kastelik. Is he the only one now uh, yeah. who will still be out after uh, after this return? Uh, I, I mean, it's it's good. It's great. It, there's there's nothing there's nothing bad about the return of Ridley Gregg to your lineup. Yeah. Are you going right back to Anton Forsberg? He has no. had a terrible season, but he is coming off a 39 save shutout. Is it an automatic? You go right to him again? No. No. Oh, uh, it, oh. It, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm. I've. I've stated it before. I'll state it again. I. I really believe that uh, Corpusalo is the way to go, and I, I really want them to find a way to just get the guy in there and give him a whole bunch of starts in a row. I. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand this. Oh, it's back to backs week. We can't play the same guy back to back. Or, you know, give give Corpusalo a good. Uh, I don't know, four or five in a row. Let's see what we can do with that. Yeah, I would have said the same, but uh, I thought over the last uh, couple of weeks, I've uh, I don't know, it's, uh, there's been some stinky performances in there from Corpusalo as well. It's, uh, I mean, the bottom the bottom line is we should remember. I mean, this is at least my opinion that if you've got a good goalie, chances are, or you've got someone who's regarded as a great goalie, you've got something good going on in front of him defensively. Like look at Cam Talbot right now. Cam Talbot leaves the Ottawa Senators, and he is in L.A. now. And people at the end of last season, I, I still thought at the end of last season, he was the best goalie in the organization. And the Sens stopped not to re-sign him. Okay, he didn't have a good year. Injury prone a little in there as well. And I think he's 36 this year. But I still thought he was the best guy they had in the organization. Well, go to a new organization where there's good, solid defensive structure going on in front of him. And in L.A. right now, he is 10-4. and four. His goals against average is like 2.02. His save percentage is over 930. He was terrible in Ottawa. <laughs> and suddenly somewhere new with better defensive structure. He looks just fantastic. So, I mean, I don't know if it's Corpusalo or Forsberg, but it's hard to bury either guy when the Sens continue to be the Sens. Yeah, and, and who was the L.A. goalie uh, benefiting from that uh, last season after the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. Who's now here in Corpus. Ottawa. Yeah, okay. Corpusalo guy. Yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. That's fair. couple more things as we wrap up the program. Congratulations to Timmy Stu. Tim Stutzler becomes the youngest Ottawa senator ever to reach the 200-point mark. This is Tim Stutzler after the performance Saturday night. I think we played pretty well for 60 minutes. Uh, I think we could have scored more goals. And our Gs did a heck of a job there blocking every shot. Uh, even last 10 seconds, Brenny A1, and uh, that shows the commitment. And Forzi uh, was on his hat today and played really, really well. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, happy for us and happy for the group, I think. Um, played a complete 60 minutes now. Talked there about Brenny eating one at the end of the game, and uh, we were talking off the air. 
be interesting to see if uh, if everybody came out of that game okay because there were uh, well there'll at least be a lot of welts after that contest. Yeah, something happened at Chikrin where he he I remember watching him limp around. I can't remember exactly what the play was. Uh, Shabbat, of course, left and came back. Uh, Joseph took a stick in the yap right just before he yep. scored early in the game yep. that didn't get called. So it, practice Monday might be interesting. There might be a few guys taking a a health day. We'll see. Yeah, Joseph was fine after the game, yeah. and uh, he's one of the bright spots on this team. I mean, if you're looking for most consistent forward, he's in that discussion. Um, he's not their leading scorer. You know, that that's that's Tim Stutzla, and he's the, the most offensively skilled guy on the team. I get all that. But if you're looking for guys who are just so solid, game in, game out, two-way hockey, uh, Matthew Joseph has got to be near the top of that list. And he was asked about his individual turnaround this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to work hard, honestly. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to prepare every game. Um, uh, you know, go one game at a time, prepare every game and, you know, work as hard as I can I, I, when it's time to go on the ice. And, um, you know, I think a lot has come with uh, my preparation, but also, you know, I think we have had some chemistry with some guys uh, early on. And, um, you know, obviously I, I feel a little bit more confident around the team. It's my it's my second full year here, I, knowing the guys and, you know, knowing the coaches and the system and everything. And, um, you know, obviously you feel more comfortable and you, you're able to make more plays out there. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's still early, but, um, you know, I like my confidence so far this year. Is Matthew Joseph, is he the most pleasant surprise yes. of the young season for the Senators? It's been, it's been very, uh, yes, very pleasant. I, I did, I almost said very surprising, but um, this is a guy, he, he's a glue guy, right? He's a, he's Bill Nye science guy. He's got chemistry with everyone and, and he's a glue guy and he just uh, puts in a good, good effort every night at both ends of the rink and, and is showing that, uh, that he belongs here and, and good on Pierre Dorian for maybe not jumping and trading him or trying to trade him. I guess he probably did try, but you know, thankfully nothing happened because this guy's been your most consistent performer all season. And it's, it's nice to see, no matter who he plays with, he's got chemistry and no matter who he plays with seems to be their best line every night too. Sometimes the best trades you make uh, are the best trades are the ones you don't make, as they say, old cliche, but that would seem to apply to Joseph, like you said. And uh, yeah, two months ago by percentage, what percentage of the fans listening right now would have gladly traded Matthew Joseph away for nothing just to get his $3 million back so they could Ooh. sign Shane Pinto and get on with things? I think it's a pretty high number, to be honest. I would agree. Yeah, there were lots of people. I, and even at one point, you might have even convinced me of it. I, I We talked about it a lot back in the early parts of the season and, and late in the off season when we were trying to figure out where the money was going to come from. I was much more of a Brandstrom guy, but uh, certainly had, had thoughts on trading Brand, uh, Joseph as well. But I think we both balked, as did probably Pierre Dorian, when teams were saying, okay, yeah, we'll take him off your hands, but you're going to have to give us a sweetener. And if that sweetener <laughs> was going to be a first-round pick, to uh, you know, to take take some money off your hands, give us a first round pick as well. That wasn't going to happen, and and good on Pierre for not doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing because right now he's an absolute bargain. He's under three million dollars, and so yeah, you'd have to give up something good right now uh, to get Matthew Joseph away from the Ottawa Senators. So it's uh, yeah, the, didn't take long to change around, and uh, yeah, it's a tremendous start. I think he's he's very close to a point a game at this point. And continues to just be excellent defensively, killing penalties. And, uh, yeah, I think back to last uh, spring, I guess it was, 
I'm still curious what happened that caused him to be a healthy scratch. DJ Smith does not like to really do anything that calls guys out very much. He doesn't bench guys very often, and uh, to see him actually make him a healthy scratch was uh, was kind of bizarre. So I'm still curious as to what that was, but you know maybe that was part of the wake up call. Matthew Joseph did talk about having a great summer and focusing on you know being ready for the for the fall. And uh, just just right now, feels like he's just got more confidence, just playing in the league for a long time, holding on to the puck a little longer, a little more poise. And, and sure that, surely that was you know in play in that game against Seattle. Like the, the poise he showed there in front of Decord, the M- Matthew Joseph of two years ago, he probably just whips that into the pads. You know, oh my God, I got a scoring opportunity. Ah! And all of a sudden, now he's just taking his time, getting him going the wrong the other way and putting it back over his blocker. Different hockey player right now. But it begs the question, Steve, is he playing himself? Is he playing so well that he's playing himself into a can't move him position? Or is he playing so well that he's played himself into a position of now he's worth something to make yeah. room for Pinto? Like you get Ridley Gregg back and then to get Shane Pinto into your lineup in January, is it going to cost you a Matthew Joseph? Regardless of how well he's playing, uh, it, it just he, he may be in that position anyway. It may come down to it that he's the guy that's got to go anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm looking at Thomas Shabbat myself. It's eight million dollars. <laughs> eight million dollars uh, for what uh, Thomas Shabbat delivers. I'm that would be the guy I'd be looking at right now. But uh, no, I think that's the art of being a general manager, right? To to sell high, but it's such a unpopular thing. If if you're if the guy's exciting and worth something to other teams, he's exciting and worth a lot to your own fan base. And when you move guys and sell high, it's uh, it's so frequently unpopular. We'll close it out with uh, the very unpopular Toronto Maple Leafs because as the Sens were beating Seattle 2 nothing, you flip over and you get to see the end of the other game, or actually Sportsnet did that for us. We got to see the three-on-three between the Bruins and the Leafs, and uh, Brad Marchand puts it away and uh, sends the Leafs home uh, upset. I mean, they were there already. and It was in Toronto. That's the best kind of games. But uh, the back check, or lack thereof, <laughs> A Leaf captain John Tavares was a thing of absolute beauty. Have you seen laziness in a crucial spot from an NHL captain like that before? Yeah, that was that was pretty sad, huh? You got uh, you got the all world William Nylander with the all world Monty Hall in the neutral zone, and then wow, <laughs> both um, there was somebody else there too. It wasn't just. Um, it wasn't just Tavares who was a little slow getting back either. That's that was pretty sad. I'm sure that went uh, didn't wouldn't, wouldn't go over well in the video session uh, next day at the rink for for JT the captain. That doesn't look good at all. Yeah, I, I bet you loved it. As I was watching, I was thinking, you know, I bet Steve just loves watching the Leafs lose and and seeing them lose in this fashion. Brad Marchand, public enemy number one. Tavares looking bad. Oh, you he, he, he were eating it up on Saturday night. I bet. Oh, I was. It's just the latest disaster for the Leafs against the Bruins. It was perfect. And it wasn't even a bad back check. It was standing at the far blue line. <laughs> He's on the far blue line watching it go down. And then he decides to take a Sunday afternoon public skating at the Goulburn Rec Center style uh, skate back to his own zone, and uh, oh, he got there, and his, the look on his face was like, "Oh, you guys blew it!" Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being with us today here on the program. Don't forget a couple of websites I want to tell you about. That uh, this show's website is sensnationhockey.com. Please check that out if you can, and as well, the hockey news. 
that is uh, the new Ottawa website, and it is THN.com slash Ottawa. All kinds of cool Sens articles there, so I encourage you to check those out. Greg, I encourage you to have a fine week, and we'll talk to you next time. For sure. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for being with us on the Jim K. Ford Sens Nation podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and review. Share the show with your friends and followers or become a member on Patreon. Check out our website today at SensNationHockey.com.